Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. Sims. I'm from Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, my whole life I've always lived in disobedience and uh, because of that I, it led me to drugs and just bad living. Um, I came to the refuge in December. Uh, got kicked out on April 5th. Um, so 
I came back because the Lord led me back, and uh, I just thank Him for bringing me back because I just had a whole new experience on the farm, uh, increased my work ethic, uh, loved the overseers and the, the guys that I came in with, uh, six strong, and um, it's just been a lot better experience. Um, me, this year, I just want to be able to just do things according to God's will, uh, enhance my worship life, my prayer life, and uh, just help other people. I just want to help others more than I help myself. Um, and I encourage anybody who is struggling that, you know, this isn't a rehab, this is a ministry, and coming here will definitely get your life right with the Lord. So I encourage you, and I love you guys, and just keep your heads up. My name is Keith Rollins. I'm 22 from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we was raised up, uh, me and my sister, we didn't really go to church much, I mean, here and there. Uh, I uh, started doing drugs real young, smoking weed, drinking, and taking pills. By uh, eight, 17, 18, I was doing heroin. Um, and that's when I really went downhill. Um, burnt every bridge I've ever had. I mean, just robbing, stealing, homeless, begging, anything I could do. Um, I got to the point where, I mean, I felt like I was just better off dead. And uh, I, uh, my mother came to me and told me about the refuge. And I, uh, I came out, man, and I, I, got, I got down there to the farm and didn't know what to expect, what to think. And I mean, really just wanted to go home at first. And uh, I uh, talked to some of my brothers that kept me up, man. I, I got into prayer and started getting in the Word of God. And, God just, I mean, He changed my life completely. I mean, He gave me my self-worth back, man. I, and, and, I mean, everything brought me up. Got me, I mean, I'm happy every day. And He's just I've done some amazing things in my life So just so far. And, uh, I mean, if I could give anybody uh, some advice, it would just be to, to stick it out, man. Put forth the effort. Pray. Get in the Word. I mean, get to know God. Build that relationship, man. And just do miraculous things in your life and turn you completely around. I mean, he, he changed me to a whole new person, and that can, you can you can do it too. I mean, just put forth that effort. I mean, get with your brothers; they'll help you out, man. Just put forth the effort; it's worth it. We turn our attention now to the New Testament and the reading for today. It'll come from the book of Acts, chapter seven, verse fifty-one. And go through chapter 8, verse 13. Well, Stephen's death was the third murder in Israel's history and a turning point in God's dealings with the nation. They had rejected the father when they allowed John the Baptist to be slain. They had rejected the son when they asked for Jesus to be crucified. And now they had rejected the Holy Spirit. There could be no more forgiveness. The line had been crossed, and the gospel moved out to Judea and Samaria. And now let's begin our reading in the New Testament for today. June 11th, the New Testament, Acts chapter 7, verse 51, through chapter 8, verse 13. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. 
They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the Righteous One, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the Great One, the Power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. Today we're reading from Psalm 129, verses 1 through 8, where we'll see Israel's afflictions are compared to the plowing of a field. Think of what it would be like to be face down in the dirt while a plow goes down your back. Well, how do you handle a situation like that? It's not only painful, it's disfiguring. You don't come up the same person you were when you first lie down there. First, you accept it from the Lord. If the Lord is allowing people to plow your back, well, it's happening because He's planned a harvest. Just be sure you plant the right kind of seed. If you plant anger and malice, you will not reap the blessings of the Lord. Be careful. Second, you trust the Lord to help you. In His own time, He will stop the plows and cut the cords so they cannot plow anymore. All their efforts will be useless. And third... You wait for the Lord to judge your enemies. He will put them to shame and make them wither like grass on a sod roof. 
On the other hand, God's people will hear God's blessing in their ears and have God's blessing in their hands. Plowing times can be productive times. Psalm 129, verses 1 through 8. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. Let all Israel repeat this. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me, but they have never defeated me. My back is covered with cuts, as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut me free from the ropes of the ungodly. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat. May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half-grown, ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder. And may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord bless you. We bless you in the Lord's name. Proverbs 17, verse 1. Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict.
can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine.
dark and the clock countdown Wish the minute I could be rewound So much to do and so much I need to say Will tomorrow be too late? Feel the moment step into the past Like sand through an hourglass In the madness I guess I just won't get To do all the things I said Time passes by Never thought I'd It could be in our uh, marriages, it could be in our children, uh, of course, job situations, finances, whatever's out there that's outside in. I want to speak to that today. That's just an external 
situations, people, places, and things. One of the things over the course of time that I found out is God's not interested in, in so much the outside world around me as he is what's going on within me when it comes to he and I, my relationship. God is about transforming me inside out. My journey with God and yours at the refuge is to, to look in the mirror more than we look outward to see what God's doing within us. Our thing is transformation. Our, our process is sanctification. That just means day by day in process of becoming Christ-like. So everything allowed around me is creating in me just the glory of God is within me. I have a spiritual treasure and you have a spiritual treasure in a clay jar, which is our earthen vessel. You have the Holy Spirit in you. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, God with his mercy gave us this work to do. So we don't give up. But we have turned away from the secret and shameful ways. We don't use trickery and we don't change the teachings of God. We teach the truth plainly. This is how we show people who we are. And this is how they can know in their hearts what kind of people that we are before God. The good news that we tell people may be hidden, but is hidden only in those who are lost. The ruler of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They cannot see the light of the good news, the message about the divine greatness of Christ. Christ is the one who is exactly like God. We don't tell people about ourselves, but we tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that we tell them that we are your servants for Christ. God once said, let light shine out of the darkness. And this is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts to let us know that his own divine greatness is seen in the face of Christ. Here we go. We have this treasure from God, but we are only like clay jars that hold the treasure. This is to show that the amazing power we have is from God, not from us. We have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. We often don't know what to do, but we don't give up. We are persecuted, but God does not leave us. We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. So we are constantly experiencing the death of Christ in our own bodies. But this is so that the life of Jesus can also be seen in our bodies. We are alive, but for Christ, we always in danger of death. So that life of Jesus can be seen in our bodies that die. So death is working in us, but the result is that life is working in you. So as we're going through this sanctifying process, there is a dying to our own desires, our own strength, our own dependency upon selfish ambition, our own ideas, our own agendas, all this is becoming decreased within us if we are following Christ. And in the other parts, in terms of who Christ is in us, is becoming magnified. So this is the journey. And the outside circumstances are just things going around that we have no control of. Our only control is truly to follow Christ. We must submit to God and we must respond in Christ-like manner. Everything around us gives us opportunity to show who Jesus really is in us. When we respond in a way that the world would not, based on circumstances, when something's coming at us, when things are being hurled our way, when accusations are being brought, it gives us the perfect opportunity to display the love of God. These are the places where people get to see we're different. So gentlemen, as you're going through things today, as things are, are coming to your mind today and, and you're in a battle today, remember why you're here. You're here 
truly to become Christ-like. You're here to die out to the things of self. So when things are spoken against you, when others are coming against you, don't worry about what others say. It's what you believe. It's who you are in Christ that matters. So it's all an inside job that God's a part of. And it's time to get your mind off of the things around you and get them on the one who loves you. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Welcome to day five of our Daring Faith Devotions. Gratitude builds my faith. And let's start today with Colossians chapter two, verse seven, which says, sink your roots in him and build on him. Be strengthened by the faith that you were taught and overflow with thanksgiving. Anybody can thank God in good times, but if you can thank God even in the bad times when life doesn't make sense and your prayers are going unanswered, your faith will grow stronger. Your roots will go deeper. Gratitude helps you remember the faith lessons that God has already taught you. It helps you to sink your roots in him and build on him, to be strengthened in the faith that you were taught. When the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk went through tough times, he said this in Habakkuk three seventeen and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. In the midst of trouble, Habakkuk rejoiced. Now, what was the cause of his gratitude? I will be joyful in God my Savior. When everything else stinks in your life, you can be grateful because the Lord is your Savior. You can be thankful to God just for being God. He has promised to see you through those tough situations, and your faith will grow. It will grow stronger because of those tough situations. You just say, God, I know you're in control. I know that you love me. I know that you can bring good even out of this. And I'm thankful to you that you are bigger than even this problem. This is the ultimate test of the depth of your faith. Can you thank God when life stinks, when you're going through tough times? And don't look to what's lost. Look at what's left and be grateful for it. So right now, Lord, as we pray together, we thank you. Even in difficult situations, we thank you that you are our Savior. We thank you that the end of the story is that you will rescue us. So no matter what difficulty I'm going through, my family's going through right now, I can be confident in you. And so I choose not to look at what's lost. I choose to look at what's left. You still love me. You will always love me. Your salvation stands for me. It will always stand for me as I trust in you. And so, Lord, I look to you. I look to you. And I ask you to strengthen my faith even in difficult times. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.